This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I'm Genevieve Jones, and it's just me today. <laughs> Jackie is unavailable, so I'm doing it solo, um, but I have a guest, Mark Gallagher. Hi, Mark. Hey there. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I um, think I could use another cup of coffee still. But, <laughs> but I'm pretty good. So you are in Glasgow, is that right? Yeah, just that same Glasgow now, but yeah. Oh, Tiger. Okay, okay. That's good as. Yeah, yeah. Have you lived there your whole life in that area? Yeah, always in and around Glasgow since I was a okay. kid. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, I know you sent a YouTube video about the charismatic renewal in Glasgow that was really interesting to watch particularly the parts you know around the community that you were in mm -hmm. it wasn't something I was sort of someone who came into things a lot later than that but yeah it was something I only actually discovered that video myself fairly recently okay okay yeah I thought it was interesting um I knew the songs they were singing <laughs> and I could you know recall a lot of that looked very familiar to me, which is yeah. um, interesting given the difference in time and space, you know? Absolutely. It seems to be yeah. people, but it's strange to see that and uh, people can see things from uh, the other side of the world that are very common experiences. Yeah. So do you want to um, talk a little bit about how you sort of got involved in community and eventually onto this podcast? Sure. Um, really my sort of initial contact with uh, anything to do with community was when I moved to a parish um, when I was about just before I was 12 years old um, we moved house from one area of Glasgow outside Glasgow to another area on the other side of the city mm -hmm. and uh, the parish there the, one of the youth uh, Ministries was being run by people in the community on a Saturday morning, um, and so that for sort of a number of years, that was really my experience as a, a child growing up, sort of early teens, um, going to that on Saturday mornings and uh, going on uh, summer vacations uh, as part of that a lot as well. Okay. So the summer vacations were those like um, like a camp, or was it for families or just the kids? Just for the kids in the in the ministry, okay. yeah. Um, and so it was the kind of like just the leaders basically that ran it on Saturday mornings, who would then leave the, those vacations as well. Okay. Uh, it was usually a week away somewhere 
up in the north of Scotland or something like that. Yeah. Okay. How many kids were usually in that? Ooh, that's a good question. Certainly 40 to 50, I think I seem to remember in the early okay. days. Uh, wow. And then going on, um, yeah, I mean, a good a good number. I mean, if we used yeah. to take, um, it was either like a full coach load of kids, or in the early days, I think I, I seem to remember what we did was we took um, minibuses as well. And there was okay. like a few of them, so like it was certainly. That's a good number. Certainly a several, yeah, certainly a good number of kids, a couple of kind of class fills of kids or something. Wow, wow, yeah. And was your um, whole family involved at that time, or was it like you joined this new parish and you were kind of drawn to this other group that was going on in it? Um, my brother was involved for a while. Okay. Can't really remember exactly how long. I don't know if he actually ever came in any of the holidays. Okay. Or not. I'd have to ask him. And it was really just mainly me. I, I yeah. think he kind of drifted away to just like other things that kids do as they're growing up. Sure. Yeah. Pardon me, and then. It was really kind of mainly a thing I, I went to. How did your parents feel about that? Were they supportive or? Yeah, I mean, as far as they were concerned, it was just yeah. um, it was the parish kind of club for kids, basically. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. There wasn't any. Um, I think they knew about community. I don't know at what point they kind of knew about it was the community that were running it, or if they really knew what community was at what point that sort of came in and what, what they knew about the charismatic side of things. Um, but I'm not really sure like how, at what point they became aware of that. Um, it wasn't kind of until later I kind of really understood that, obviously. Um, so, but no, it was sort of basically, I mean, they wanted me to kind of be out and doing things with other kids and having a kind of busy life, so they were quite happy with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess there's far worse things your kids could get involved with <laughs> than a church group. So you um, you mentioned you were kind of a youth leader at one point as well? Yeah, um, I sort of, I think I remember, I think really how it happened was I'd um, stopped going actually for a short while, for maybe a year or so. Okay. I think, I think after one of the holidays, I think basically there were some kids who were giving me a hard time and I kind of just wanted to not go for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think basically what happened is they ended up either moving or not basically not coming back to the group. And um, okay. what happened eventually was a number of us who'd either, I think some of us were still going, but some who'd stopped going as well were invited back to uh, do a youth leaders course. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, with the group. And so that's mm -hmm. how I sort of went back and started getting involved again a bit older. Yeah. In that youth leaders group, um, was there a fair amount of training that was involved in that or how did that yeah. sort of yeah. Yeah, it was kind of all a lot of it was all the practical things about how to plan okay. a plan a morning with the kids and how to um or how to actually even just have a meeting about doing that right. and about all the but obviously obviously about all the kind of sort of basic Christian side of it as well and what um but and then yeah, but a lot of it was, you know, just, you know, how to how to be a responsible adult around kids and how to run a morning and how to run, you know, how to run a small group of kids or things like that, all those yeah. sorts of things. Was there, um, 
were there like primary goals that you can think of in terms of you know when you're being trained to lead these groups for the mornings are there like primary messages that you were asked to get across or that were important to make sure the kids understood as far as the community christian perspective yeah they probably were i mean i think at that yeah. point it was still kind of very much rooted in just the parish and the catholic side of things right okay mm -hmm. primarily with a broader kind of obviously christian perspective that anyone in any church would have but mm -hmm. i still don't think there was a huge amount about oh this is community or anything at that point i think it was very much still this is you know how to be a good catholic kind of thing yeah yeah i would say or certainly from my perspective that's what i mm -hmm. felt mm -hmm. i didn't really think of pick up on anything else at that point i don't think yeah yeah what were the things that kind of kept you in it that made you feel like drawn to it and you know some of the positive things you were getting from it um i mean i think primarily the friendships you make i think yeah. just um, the kind of bonds you make with people and also the kind of the, with the adults that you'd grown up with um these were guys who had, you know men and women who'd sort of um you know had seen for a lot of saturday mornings throughout my childhood and had taken me away right. on fun holidays and done funny sketches and <laughs> had fun part you know, parties with and all sorts of things, sing sing songs, round the campfire, all these sorts of things. Yeah. And then just the kind of obviously I think kind of if you're that slightly older as well, that kind of different kind of friendship you kind of start making with people of um more maturity and it's not just sort of just about hanging out together, but it's kinda of more I suppose in the context of the, the church as well, it's kind of about the kind of Christian bonds mm -hmm. the fellowship that people would talk about yeah so it sounds like it was you know as a kid a lot of fun and kind of good activities to do and these holidays to go off on and then as you got older kind of these deeper connections with people you've already known for a long time start to form yeah yeah definitely i think that's a really um powerful thing about community that we've talked about a bit is just the you know, it's extremely bonding, the things you go through together, the vulnerability and the um, shared foundational deep belief system. And it's it's a really powerful way to, you know, have very strong connections with other people, which is something we all need, you know. Um, have you found that you still have that level of connection with people after having left? Um, I, I don't see people from community a lot. I mean, occasionally mm -hmm. I'll run into them. Um, I definitely sort of feel internally there's still a very strong affection and a strong... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think about it all the time. I dream about it all the time, for example, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, kind of obviously mull over things and think about good bits and bad bits and... Mm -hmm. things I wish I'd maybe said at the time and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, so yeah there's definitely still a connection there for me um, Yeah. I don't think you can just kind of wipe that away once you've been through it right yeah it must have been you know given how much you're still thinking about it and dreaming about it it must have been a hard decision to leave 
Yeah, I mean, I think in the end it was kind of the right decision, but I think it was, you know. I mean, just to go back a bit, the yeah. being back in the youth group for a while led to, was then going into the sort of the next stage of youth group, which was for sort of older kids and young adults. Okay. Uh, it was kind of, I mean, you know what UCO is, I presume? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, almost a, an amalgam between older kids and UCO. So it was like right from okay. sort of teens right through to university mm-hmm. um, and sort of young adults sort of age as well. And so that was really then what then began the charismatic side of things from my experience. Okay. It was the kind of first time I then experienced that, uh, which was quite an eye-opener to begin with. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think basically everyone from the youth group had been going to it, and for some reason I'd just not been going <laughs> to this sort yeah. of thing. And just then one night went, oh, nobody's, in, nobody's invited Mark yet. So it was like, oh, <laughs> come on, Mark. And it was just like a normal night. It wasn't like, a, like huh. used to later on, like do nights for all these, or like, this is like a sort of special evangelist, evangelization night. Right. And, or, you know, We'll take things a bit easier, and <laughs> it won't be so full <laughs> on right away for people. But this yeah, is just like yeah, you know, in. pretty much, yeah. Sing the first song straight into charismatic praise, and I was like, right. okay. Wow. And I, I won't lie, I was pretty scared. I was pretty kind of taken aback by what this was. Didn't yeah. expect that at all, really. And I was quite kind of, where do I put myself here? Where do these are people I thought I knew? And wow, yeah. So you had already been you know, getting to know these people, forming friendships as a sort of adolescent, and then when you're mm-hmm. kind of an older teen, you all of a sudden saw this other side of it that you, that they had yeah. all been doing, but you didn't know about. Wow. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much yeah. how it happened. Yeah. That must have been really shocking. It was, but I seemed to get over it quite quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really remember how and why. I think I just kind of went with it because I knew yeah. I did know them and there was Trust a certain them. security from that, knowing them pretty well and kind of wanting right. to know more people like that and, right. you know, in a very welcoming environment at the same time. Um, yeah. I do feel a, a great warmth from people, mm-hmm. I felt, mm-hmm. going into that. And then... For some reason, it did seem to actually, although that initial shock was there, it did seem to kind of subside pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, they, these are people you trust and have spent a lot of time with. So yeah. even if it seems like really foreign or unusual, it, it makes sense that that would sort of mm-hmm. normalize really quickly because, like you said, it's a safe environment. and. Yeah. So this was around about the time I was 18, give or take, okay. as a thing after after the summer, I remember, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think what was happening is part of that, you know, like we're starting a new sort of term, I guess, Yeah. Um, was that they were going to do the Life in the Spirit seminars. Okay. So pretty quickly we started doing that, so however many weeks of doing that. Mm-hmm. And then being baptized in the spirit at the end of that. Okay. Um, I remember that being quite a very emotional experience for me. I know it isn't for everyone. 
not a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of find themselves just going kind of going on with it and mm-hmm. almost pretending and stuff. But um, for me, it was. Right. I think because of the the warmth you felt from people, and because it was a combination there of people you knew. I mean, the couple that prayed over me initially when mm-hmm. I was baptized in the spirit, they were a couple I've known since being twelve in the youth ministry. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so things like that, you know, it was just like, I mean, I think it depends obviously on your own personality and the way you respond to sure. different things to kind of, I can remember there being just lovely music playing and low lights and yeah, just a feeling of, well, this is, spe- this is something special happening and, mm. um, and then there was a couple of kind of occasions after that where I got quite emotional at prayer meetings mm-hmm. and I think it's to do with what's going on in your own life as well at the time, and you sort of feel mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, emotions just come out. Yeah. Because of, you know, being provoked by this feeling of the atmosphere that's created sometimes at these prayer meetings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much how I sort of really came into the whole charismatic side of things. Still being a Catholic as well, but um, yeah, so that was kind of the initial pretty quick introduction to things. Yeah, so you, you said you um, stopped being a Catholic as you were getting more into the charismatic renewal, did I hear that right? No, I was still Catholic, no, still. Oh, still Catholic, I'm sorry, yeah. I misunderstood, yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got you now. <laughs> no, no, the Catholic, I mean, uh, for a bit of background, the community in Glasgow is 99% Catholic and okay. all living, most of them living in the parish I used to be in and, but part of sort of the spirit as well right? Um, which people will know about and uh, I think they came into sort of the spirit a number of years after it was formed from what I know okay gotcha sort of like early 80s I think okay okay yeah do you know much about um, how the sort of the spirit initially formed um, I mean, I think just what is the well, either the official history or the what other other things people say about it initially mm-hmm. being universities. Right. Um, I know Steubenville is important. And then I know people who are obviously from Michigan and then Notre Dame as well. Right, Charismatic right. meetings starting at these universities. Um, okay. And then eventually kind of prayer meetings evolving into the beginnings of community yeah okay yeah because i only learned recently through doing this that you know the the word of god that started in ann arbor mm-hmm. sort of the split that happened i guess was around the sword of the spirit had already been formed somewhere else and and the split was around whether or not the word of god should join that network so, which was, it, I always kind of thought it split and then the sort of the spirit started from that, but now I'm, I don't know where it, where it, came, right. where it came from, okay. but it sounds like, yeah. Okay, my understanding was they were in the sort of the spirit and it was whether to continue. Yeah, right, 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 was, okay. That I was my understanding, right. but I don't know. I mean, I certainly when I was growing up as well, there was always this kind of murmur every so often mm-hmm. about the split, the split. 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. You were hearing that in Glasgow? Yeah. Just like occasionally, like people were talking, but yeah. it was just kind of talked about as, like, I didn't understand. I was a kid, you know, so I didn't understand yeah. what, what, what would there be a split about? And was it just literally right. like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I understood it to be, but I definitely heard it mentioned a bit. And then later on, I bit probably heard about it. it was kind of stuff to do with how official it was within the Catholic Church or not. And yeah, yeah. Certain bishops had kind of intervened in the, in the United States particularly, That's I think. Right. Yeah. Um, I think in New Jersey as well, there was issues particularly. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, was it the People of Hope in New Jersey? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I, I really didn't have any understanding of it growing up other than I did hear it mentioned a few times. Yeah. That's very interesting to me too, though, that that's something you would have heard about in Glasgow that was happening, yeah. like, in in my hometown or, or in areas around it. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's one of those things that maybe nobody has a definitive explanation of because I feel like you know, when I talk to my parents about it, they're usually very protective of sort of, well, this is this is how I felt. This is my understanding. But there was a mm-hmm. lot of confusion and disagreement about what was actually yeah. happening. So. Yeah, I remember actually hearing one young lady from the United States as well, from Michigan. And I remember her talking about her parents would just clam up whenever she mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before that, um, you know, most of the people who you have met from the United States are from Michigan because <laughs> because yeah, it's the majority, usually yeah. through community. Yeah, and yeah. um, I mean, uh, you would get people coming to do gap years over here or mm-hmm. um, to study, usually in London, mm-hmm. and they would be staying with the community in London. Um, and then there was guys in the Brotherhood. There was a Brotherhood house in London and one in Belfast. And so quite often they would be sometimes from Michigan. And also if you were going on kind of European trips together, yeah. joint, like joint community things. We did a big one in 2000. Okay. Um, for the World Youth Day in Rome. Oh, yeah. And uh, before that we went to a place in the south, near the Alps in France called Hautecombe, near the Swiss border. Okay. There's an abbey there with a community called the uh, Kemenuf. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, so. They're an ecumenical community of some religious, some single and married and families as well. Um, okay. So it's an abbey on this beautiful big lake. Wow. Um, and so there was a youth conference there before the actually going to the the World Youth Day the week before. Oh, okay. Um, and so that was obviously, you met a lot of people from kind of all over the world there. But, uh, kids from the communities in the States, from Mexico. And then obviously we kind of knew better some of the people who are from Belfast and Dublin and London anyway. But right. met more of them as well there. Wow. So that was a really big thing for getting to know people from around the world. It sounds like it, yeah. I yeah. remember when that happened. Um, I was 10 when the World Youth Day in Rome happened and um, so I wasn't I was too young to go and I remember feeling like 
or you know i don't know if i was technically too young or if it was just my parents said you're too young um but <laughs> but i didn't go one way or another and i yeah. was very yeah very jealous of that experience it just seemed so cool yeah i know you had an absolute time of your life it was amazing yeah it was like everyone in the world was there practically yeah what was sort of um you know what did you do for <laughs> what did what sort of things happened there um well i suppose it was a kind of revival this it was kind of like a I can't remember how many days, I think it was like five days we were there and five days in Rome or something like that. Mm -hmm. and it, so I suppose it was it was almost like the bit in Hope Cone was almost like a sort of condensed version of the life in the spirit. And there okay. was like testimonies from people and it was uh, eventually culminating in, you know, come forward if you want to be prayed with and okay. yeah. all that sort of side of things eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but then talks from different people and then there was like different workshops so like you know go to this workshop if you want to learn more about being baptized in the spirit oh, okay. go to this workshop if you want to know about being married mm -hmm. go to this workshop if you want to know about living single for the lord yeah kind of thing. daily mass and, and then night time it was like big so kind of social it's a lot. Just kind of all building up to going to rome sort of thing right Wow, so yeah, by the time you get to Rome, you're really yeah. primed for this experience. Know, yeah. 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 Can you um, can you remember which workshops you went to? Um, I think I went to the just the baptism in the spirit one, from what I remember. Okay. Yeah, I think it that would be a really interesting thing to kind of explain a little more, like what that means to be baptized in the spirit and. Cause I know, and I remember when it happened to me, and I'm sure you do too, but it's probably a foreign concept to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's really just asking for kind of the Holy Spirit to come into your life, or, you know, asking for that kind of extra uh, outpouring of the Spirit into your life, or asking for a relationship with God that way, mm -hmm. or some people call it giving your life to God. Mm -hmm. um, there's sort of different ways of talking about it but in sort of asking for all those gifts that are part of charismatic renewal specifically as well so yeah. praying in tongues um, is obviously the kind of big one that people go oh um, right <laughs> um, and, and in a way I kind of found that as well but I mean, it was always understood by me that there was kind of two sides of tongues. Mm -hmm. There was the kind of side of, oh, this is tongues that is telling us something, mm -hmm. and it can be interpreted. But there was also the kind of just general, you just pray in tongues, just make noises, and sometimes it's with music, sometimes not. And it's just yeah. a general kind of outpouring of the spirit that's going to please God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it wasn't ever like I never really felt the pressure to do what you know the kind of oh I've got to sort of come up with some amazing <laughs> noises that are going to tell us this message what, yeah what's going to happen um, or some prophecy or something but I, I kind mm -hmm. of always just kind of went along with it as a sort of another way of expressing love for God I suppose yeah and I suppose that was kind of just the way I always kind of went with it Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting 
distinction to make because you're so right like that is always sort of how it's talked about is there's either you're speaking in tongues and it's just kind of worship and you know supplementary Mm -hmm. to singing a song or something to do between songs and and then there's the kind that's you know thought of as prophecy which is really from my understanding always determined by someone else so right so if you're speaking in tongues and it's and it's a message you probably don't even know that there's someone else will say oh this is what you're saying like a Uh interpretation of the tongues yeah which which i never really got like you know i suppose it's partly a confidence thing as well being the person to do that when it's like maybe a moment of silence you're the one person then praying in tongues and then someone else saying this is what it is yeah Uh did you ever see that happen like it's someone in sort of interpreting i did in community yes a couple of times yeah okay definitely by people who had been in community a long time i would say right okay basically from the beginning i think more or less Mm -hmm. and who and then obviously the coordinators whoever sort of then right sort of allowing it to happen i guess was basically the the way it happened mm-hmm. coordinator running the meeting the gathering okay um i probably should mention gatherings because they're quite important yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah i don't know that we've ever even explained them so that would be great <laughs> yeah so gathering is really the kind of weekly community meet or in glasgow it was weekly anyway um mm-hmm. and then sort of i started first going to them after being in the youth group for older kids a while i started going mm-hmm. to the we would have a monthly open gathering so that okay. anyone could go to you could invite you know friends and stuff to so that's when i first went to um, okay. and so i knew a lot of the people there a lot of them had been youth leaders or they were parents of kids in the youth groups that kind of thing mm-hmm. So, and this is the the time when you you were sort of thinking like oh yeah we have to invite Mark to this. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. So I was in. Yeah. So I started going to open gatherings, not mm-hmm. habitually but quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think really just so that's that really is the kind of weekly prayer meeting for the community, the kind of event every week for, for everyone to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously people maybe know there's other things that happen during a week which is men's and women's groups and right and things like that personal sharing groups where you would sort of meet once a week and um, pray and share what's happened that week to you and things mm-hmm. um, so I mean really from that point things developed for me of in the youth group we we would do other courses and we would we would have our own holidays as well Mm -hmm. we would sort of of our own version of what the kids the younger kids were doing things like that so occasionally there was people from other uh from ireland would come over for that and things like that in the community in dublin i think places Mm -hmm. like that and so really it just kind of developed quite gradually and okay, this is the next thing we're doing, you know. Right. 
it sort of seemed quite, I suppose, natural and easy for a while. And then it was kind of the big thing which I talked about was the big, big event was going to France and Rome. Yeah. The kind of big, big, big kind of get together that I experienced in that mm-hmm. period. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you left or what that looked like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I was at that, at that point, so after Rome and stuff, I was still wasn't in community. I was still just mm-hmm. in the youth group. Um, and then sort of basically continued doing courses and things. I mean, I'll tell a little story about actually not long after Rome. It was the day actually after my 21st birthday party. Mm-hmm. And it was just about, so this was just like a month and a month and a half after we'd all gone to Rome. And okay. I remember having this um, the day after. So we had my birthday party in this basement of this bar in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And the day after, I remember having this real crisis personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being like quite by how much of my life was just this one thing. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, by seeing who was at the party, sort of, oh my goodness, this is like, if I don't go all in for this, I suppose, then I'm not going to have really have much left. Um, oh, wow, yeah. Um, and so I think, I mean, I can remember just being very distressed for an hour or two the next day, just mm. being like, what am I going to do? Um, hmm. um, just being like, you know, this is my life now, so I need to really, I'm going to either have to do this or I'm going to be left with not a lot. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I don't really remember much after that. <laughs> I think I kind of just mm-hmm. had a trauma for a day. Um, yeah. And uh, pretty much, then just continued on, <laughs> so but obviously yeah. it had some effect on me. Right, um, right. And so I think really just after that we just kind of continued doing things, and eventually it came to the point where you were doing things where, okay, this is. Are we going to be in community? Yeah. Doing the courses for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a number of things we did before that. We did an, an alpha course for people, mm-hmm. and after that I think it kind of came. We did a weekend at. A, this house of prayer that's kind of a couple of hours outside Glasgow. So that, I mean, Alpha's in some ways quite similar to Life in the Spirit. Okay. It does share a lot of the same kind of beats mm-hmm. and eventually culminates in something, well, basically in Baptism in the Spirit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done that, but I've done that as a like a leader leading it. Right. One of the groups. Okay. And then so those of us who had kind of done that, doing leading, and then some of the, a couple of the people who had come through Alpha then went on to do a, I can't remember the name of the course, never remember the name of the courses, apart from Life in the Spirit, but um, it was okay as this community life or whatever it was, life in community. Yeah. Know. And so that was, we then went to the same place, the same house of prayer, and had, you know, similar kind of events, talking okay. about do we wish to 
and then kind of not doing it there and then, but then kind of the next stage was, will we or not be in community? Okay, okay. Um, so that was kind of how I ended up coming in that way, eventually. Okay, so you you did so you did the, all these preparation courses for whether or not you were going to make this big commitment to stay in it, and then yeah. um, you did make that that commitment. Yes, made the commitment. Yeah, we okay. were offered something that wasn't normally offered. I think um, it was called affiliate commitment. Oh yeah, okay. Um, because a lot of us were still students and things, mm-hmm. um, and so I think this was kind of offered as a sort of, kind of a sort of halfway house almost. Okay. You weren't obliged to go to every gathering and things like that, but most of us did anyway, but it was kind of yeah. seen as a sort of, okay, we're not going to pressure you guys too much, we'll yeah. do this, and then eventually if you want to, you can do the next stage. Okay. Um, forget what all the labels are called there's underway and affiliate and yeah eventually public isn't it um i can't remember right. what every single one's called mm-hmm. but, um so that was um how that happened really for a number of us wow okay so you and is it the same there as um it is here where you those commitments are something that you um, kind of say out loud in front of the whole community as a part of a gathering and everyone kind of applauds and yeah, it's like yeah. a bit of a celebration. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How long were you an affiliate member? That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think several months. I'm not, I can't really okay. precisely tell you several months yeah. to a year. Some of the people I made a commitment with had come up through youth group with me. Okay. The way back to being 12. Wow. Some had been later yeah. on, the youth group later on. And then some, a couple of were actually community kids as well. So. Okay, yeah. Um, who were also in the youth groups with me, but had grown up in mm-hmm. community. So yeah, I think something like that. I can't, it was like roughly a year, give or take. Okay. I think it, or maybe slightly more. I really can't okay. remember exactly. It was roughly summer to summer, I think. Okay. I think that's sort of what I remember. Mhm. And then I imagine near the end of that, there's sort of, um, you know, like you were saying, when you're an affiliate member, there's looser expectations. It's kind of, you know, you can come to most of this. It's sort of okay if you don't. And I imagine the pressure to sort of make that public commitment at a certain point starts to build is that right i guess so i think there was another i think there was a different there was another stage in between affiliate and public that would have okay is that the underway i think so i thought we don't have to get all the names right yeah i can't remember (laughs) i thought i was i thought i was underway and then affiliate and then something else and then the public but maybe i'm so probably right all the jargon's not quite there, but yeah, there was, I think there was another stage between affiliate okay. and public. Okay. I think, um, but I was essentially doing most things that any member of the community was doing. Yeah. Even as affiliate, I was basically going to my group weekly and gatherings weekly, and I can't remember exactly what all the commitments were as affiliate, but I was doing 
Yeah. That plus what anyone would be doing. So much. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of seen as, well, yeah, it will kind of almost naturally follow that you will at some point. Right. I'm not sure how that would have exactly happened, but. Yeah, yeah. After a period of time, I suppose it would have been said, right? Right, right. What are you doing? Yeah. So I just want to go back a little bit to that day after your 21st birthday when you were sort of realizing Mm -hmm. this is my whole world. You know, this is everyone I know is in this and this is everything I'm doing. And if I don't have this, then what do I have? And, um, so just imagining having had that crisis and then that actually coming to pass of, of, you know, kind of letting go of that. How did that feel? Like, how did you, what was your relationship to the world outside of community? Um, I definitely think mine was probably different to a lot of people in community. Mm hmm. I think I had also been on a sort of simultaneous path of developing values that were were different. Okay. Um, I think different social and political values a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I definitely related to people slightly differently mm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kind of just saw things in a different way and didn't really, I think people are, I think it's hard for people to appreciate how much, I think, not just because you're in community, but I think because of the charismatic side of things, because of that way of looking at um, Christianity, how much you interpret things. Mm. Small things even happen, big things that happen, um, and then I think obviously with the, the whole gamut of teachings within community, there's a certain way of a broader way that you look at the world. Yeah. Um, about what happens in the world, about you know what's good and what's not good, and um, what's important and not. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had a, a definitely more um, broader view of things, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, that kind of related to the world in a more open way, probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you find that you were um, maybe able to make that leap or that change a little more easily than might have been expected because you were already sort of approaching the world from a more open mind. The leap of leaving? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I think it did come to a point where I had to decide what, what I really believed in and whether this was the right place for me. Right. Um, I'd either have to adapt, probably, or just keep my head down. Yeah. Um, not really be true to myself. Yeah. Or 
if I'd kind of really said what I thought a lot of the time, I think they wouldn't have known really what to do with me. <laughs> I think they would have been like, whoa, okay. Well, that's some that's one point of view, Mark. But, right. Um, 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 so, yeah, I mean, I basically disagreed with a lot of the social teaching that went around it. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and so I had to kind of come to a point where I had to, I felt personally I had to make a decision about that whether I was going to be part of this anymore. Yeah. Um, and whether this was the way I was going to um, live my life and be true to myself or be true to other people, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a part of me for a while thought I could be part of it and maybe slightly start to change things from within or yeah um, kind of sort of had sort of this romantic idea of leading some kind of I don't know rebellion or I don't know yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't really think that but I just you know I think I kind of want you to have my cake and eat it I want you to have right. the good bits but also right. not worry about the bad bits but um, I think realistically speaking, I had to kind of, if nothing else, from my own sanity, kind of eventually make the decision I did. Yeah. Yeah. And did that um, apply to Catholicism as well? Or are you still practicing Catholic? No, not anymore. I was okay. for a while after. Mm-hmm. Kind of made a gradual. Um, journey, sort of yeah. left community, and then a while after left Catholicism, probably still okay. thought of myself as Christian. I mean, I would certainly consider myself I hate to be kind of wishy-washy about it, but culturally, culturally Catholic and Christian. Yeah, yeah. And certainly ethically Christian um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've no issues with people I'm certainly not a sort of what's the word uh, I'm not a sort of evangelist for atheism even though I may be yeah. an atheist I'm sort of I'm one of those people who sort of thinks well as long as people are acting in good ways I don't really particularly care what their motivation is yeah. or what they what they happen to do on a Sunday in a church if they, if they treat other people the way other people should expect to be treated and mm-hmm. live a good life, then I'm quite happy for people to to actually believe whatever they wish to. Yeah. I don't want to get into arguments for people just for the sake of that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I certainly think, still think of myself culturally Catholic, which in Glasgow is quite a, an easy thing to do. I don't know if you know much about okay. Glasgow, but in the west of Scotland and it's linked to Ireland. Yeah. And it's a big identity around that, mm-hmm. particularly in the west of Scotland, Catholicism, um, and just the cool links with Ireland and music mm-hmm. and all sorts of things, you know, mm-hmm. um, the history of the place. Right. So I would still sort of think of myself that way, but not a believer. Right, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, from my very limited understanding, just the 
political history and you know regional history around yeah. being catholic is a much different thing than it mm -hmm. is in the united states yeah 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 wow did you find i mean i know we were talking earlier about how much time the commitment involves like how many groups and meetings and holidays and then yeah you know is it did you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands <laughs> after leaving or was it sort yeah, of gradually replaced oh i think, I think yeah. people would be amazed at what you do i mean actually you've been yeah. down on a sunday and then depending what denomination you're from you've either been to mass or whatever other church service you've been to mm -hmm. um if you're still involved on the thing on a saturday morning for kids Mm -hmm. If you were running that that week, you'd done a planning meeting the week before. Mm -hmm. and then you were on a Friday night. If you were doing maybe running that, you'd done a planning meeting for that. You did your sharing group. Um, and then the other things, you know, just then social things after and before things or right. on another evening. So you mean definitely four or five times a week. Easily you were seeing folk, and a lot of the time more double that sometimes yeah yeah um and so it's hard for people to people get their heads around that it's quite hard i think yeah um, yeah i think it's very unusual as an adult to have a, a close group of friends or people who you share that much in common with that you're seeing that yeah. often like i know Definitely. i have friends who i love and and want to spend that much time with and i see them once a month <laughs> you know like it's just it is a very big commitment to make that work yeah yeah and i think that's obviously that was part of what kind of brought things to a head for me was this is mm -hmm. all the time now and it's so this is actually becoming is this what i really want to be doing with my life yeah well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this, or to me. We don't have Jackie. <laughs> I hope I, I hope I covered her contribution of thoughtful questions and sound engineering. We'll see how this turns out. Um, but yeah, was there any you know last thoughts or? Um, I mean, I think I'm certainly very interested in it. The whole aspect of community within the church and historically and. Sociologically, yeah. sort of. Uh, I mean, I've not read everything by any means about it, but mm -hmm. I mean, going back and looking at what happened, the kind of timing of what happened, and the way it developed, yeah. and the really the when you put it in the context of the teachings that have emerged from it, and the way of life, mm -hmm. I suppose. I kind of see it all as a sort of a bit of a reaction as to what was happening in the world. Mm, yeah. Particularly in the 1960s, probably. Yeah. In the way that life was changing, particularly for men. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, obviously, life in the church was starting to change a bit then as well. You'd had right. the Second Vatican Council, and the Latin Mass was going out, and there was a certain, for want of a better word, liberalism coming into the church. Yeah. And 
it seems to me that while a lot of the we talk about Vatican II a lot in community and talk about that's where everything sort of came from and a lot of, that's where a lot of the new movements in the church came from mm -hmm. so it seems to me that although that's what's talked about and although that's seen as a sort of real turning point and a real sort of thing to be celebrated yeah. it also seems like that's that was almost the sort of catalyst in a way that there were things happening then that they thought of as dangerous Right, right. And they, so they needed something of that for themselves. Yeah. Something that would emerge from the same kind of background but would be the way they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. A movement that would fulfill what they wanted within the church. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, this is sort of just the kind of very beginnings of me formulating what I sort of can see if I look back over the kind of history of what I've seen I haven't read as in depth as some people will have mm -hmm. but I think definitely there's a a trend that seems to go back to this idea that we need to obviously look at family values, we need to look at the role of men and women, what they should be yeah. and obviously there's all sorts of other political and social issues in there and right, with right. sexuality and sexual rights and all mm -hmm. sorts of things, but and there seems to be this at the kernel of it this idea that I think there's in a lot of ways a lot of shared concerns, mm -hmm. but a different reaction. Yeah. And a different thing that emerged from that reaction hmm. if that yeah. makes any kind of sense yeah. it does oh absolutely I really appreciate that um, that thought you know just it is very interesting to sort of consider the anthropological and sociological aspects of how this even happened <laughs> you know um, and I think it yeah, it is this very interesting combination of, like you said, the church becoming a bit more liberal. Um, I think in that YouTube video you shared, someone said it was like Vatican II provided the wineskins, but not the wine. So it was sort of like this yeah. new vessel that you could fill with something more uh -huh. rich than it had been, um, while at the same time kind of seeing that, you know, gender roles and sexuality and the perception of both were changing in the world and um, kind of reasserting this traditional perspective of what that should look like. So it was almost this like more liberal and reinforcing conservative values yeah. at the same time. Uh -huh. And liberal in the sense of its grassroots as well, I think, mm -hmm. in that sense, I suppose, of, well, this is something that's emerging from the laity and yeah and so it, it's hard to kind of get your head around in that way because it was in that sense a more positive thing that people were taking more initiative from that but they weren't necessarily always doing things that you'd want them to do with it right right yeah that's really um, interesting so I suppose that's the kind of contradiction of it 
in a way. Mm-hmm. Although, to be honest, if you look at the history, there is a lot of involvement from certain people, cardinals and things as well. Right. At the beginning, especially. True. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting and beneficial to be able to sort of dig into the history with other people who grew up in it or became part of it. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that YouTube video. I did put it on our Facebook page. So if anybody gets a chance to check that out, that was really helpful. Um, and I know there, you know, John Flaherty and a bunch of other people have shared many, many documents and articles and things like that on Facebook that I have not even begun to dip my toe into. Um, There's a lot out there and it, yeah, it's very, it is very interesting. So please keep sharing those things as you Uh find them. Especially because it's such a recent thing. There is a lot, there is actually... Mm -hmm. If you know where to look, there is actually quite a lot out there about it, but if you consider it as only like half a century or so old. Yeah. That's true, yeah. So it is pretty, I know I've seen, you know, newspaper archives of articles on it, and it mm-hmm. is, pre- I think, yeah, pretty surprisingly well documented. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's great to have you, and um, I appreciate you being the the first to broaden us outside of the United States. <laughs> so this is a, you know, international group and glad to have you represent that. That's okay. I just hope people understand my accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.